September 27th, 2023. I am Atrial Pro. It's time to get in the weeds. And we have a lot of weeds to pull because let's face it, if if I leave for a show, Jeremy and SP3, all they do is just talk about football and running up the score and Taylor Swift and there was no there was no wrestling talk. I went back and listened to the to the audio. I watched the product and some of it. And you know what? First of all, thank you, SB3, for coming on and doing the show on Monday. Jeremy Lambert, your hosting abilities. I have I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna put you on blast because I enjoyed most of Monday's show. But here we are. It's Wednesday and we got a lot of wrestling to talk about because you guys didn't talk about the wrestling on the Monday. Yeah, we, we kinda didn't. Um, I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend like we did. There was the, the Tony Khan stuff that we didn't really talk about. We went in a bunch of different directions, Joel. This is why you're the host. This is why I, I wanted a, a sort of kind of maybe professional to to be the host. I don't want to host. That's that's too much. That's too much. I want to sit here. I want to make my jokes. I want to do my bits. I want to maybe provide some type of insight. Not much. And then I want to go home and go to sleep. That's all I want to do. I don't want to host. Hosting hosting's difficult. You know what? I kind of get it. I really do. I, I would rather be I'd rather be asleep. But instead we're here because we enjoy the banter and we enjoy the conversation. So while you're here, go ahead, leave a thumbs up on the video and also subscribe to us here at youtube.com slash fightful overbooked. We have new stuff coming every single day. New episode of Bread Club dropped last night. Did it not? Am I crazy? Oh my goodness. They showed up. They always do. But it showed up at like a weird hour that I'm not used to. So I was pretty excited to go and uh, listen to the boys from Bread Club. So go check that out. Uh, you know what? How about, Jeremy, how about we do things a little differently today? How about we open up our show with an interview? You're the host, Joel. What, whatever you say, whatever you say goes, Joel. You're, you're back. You're taking the reins. You, you, you are the man in charge. Well, I like to give- you. I like, you know, that's fair. I like to give options until the director of content says, no more options. <laughs> anyway, if he's ready, he can give me a thumbs up in the back. That's that's you to the to the interviewee. If you're ready, you can give me a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, folks, I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, I don't think enough people know about uh, MRB, Michael Richard, Michael Richard Blais. Uh, he is part of Love Pro Wrestling. He's been all over the independents. He's appeared on WWE programming. He's been around, and he's a Canadian wrestler that a lot of eyes should be on. He's going to be facing Speedball Mike Bailey this Friday, September 29th, at the Rec Room in Edmonton as part of Love Pro Wrestling. Speedball strikes first although i'm pretty sure that if uh that if he strikes first the show will be named after him mrb's here god's gift how you doing this hey morning? guys i'm good how are you you're doing well it's good, good to thanks see for joining you. us oh, yeah. yeah yeah of course thanks for having me so i mean let's get right to it if you strike first do you get the name of the show changed I think it should be changed if I strike first. I don't know how logistically possible that is in the time frame, but it would be kind of cool if you like see our little graphic on the screen behind us and all of a sudden it just flips to <laughs> MRB strikes first if I hit him first. I, I feel like I'm going to have a conversation with the graphics team over at Love Pro Wrestling and just be like, get it ready. I, that- I, believe you, I believe you have a decent relationship with them, so you might be able to make it happen. I might be able to make it happen. And you know what? If it happens, I feel like the bit just warrants itself. The, the, just the moment itself is warranted. I, I'd agree. I'd agree. 
just hit nope. him backstage. Just don't even wait until the ring. Strike him backstage. That's how you really strike first. That's like a fair point, but then nobody <laughs> knows that it actually happened. So like, there's, there's cell phones. Everybody's there. recording everything. And somebody will see it. That's true. I do have Stephen Crow and Taryn from accounting with me at all times. So I could get one of them to pull out their phones. They do like to call themselves content creators. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Is Taryn doing your taxes this year? Is that what, is that going to happen? Um, Taryn's very good at the taxes. She does an excellent job. She, yeah, she does taxes quite well. I mean, you have her with you all the time. I figure she's probably the one who would, uh, who, who would know your ins and outs when it comes to the accounting side of your business. Of course. I don't really pay attention to it, to be honest. I, just, I throw all the receipts to her and I tell her to do her thing. <laughs> That's fair enough. So let's go back uh, a few months, or no, not even a few months. My God, time is, time is a flat circle. Uh, back in, in late 2020, after a lot of just upward trajectory, a lot of upwards momentum, uh, you had a pec injury, and that took you out for the better part of a year. Um, talk to us about the injury and what kind of came about from that and the experience of, of just the recovery time. So that was actually early 2020. Was? Okay. I kind of... And the funny story is, is like the actual situation is I guess I had been wrestling with that pec tear since like 2014 is what I ended up finding out afterwards is because I had, I had a weird thing happen in 2014 in a match, literally just like flipping over the rope, something I do like every single show and I felt a pull. And then next thing I know, like I'm all bruised up, but every doctor told me it was fine. Every single doctor. And then 2020 rolls around and I was just going and do some extra stuff with WWE and their doctor was actually the one that was like, oh, I think you tore your pec. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think so. I've never like been told that, never heard that. He's like, no, I've seen this before. Like your pec is definitely torn. So I don't know if it got like worse in the time from when I first think I heard it or if it was just something that was like that and I lived with it um but then when I eventually talked to a doctor and everything in here I had to actually go to like a private doctor because none of the public health care doctors would do anything for me it was such a a pet tear in Canada is like such a weird injury that like they don't really want to deal with it so I ended up going to a private doctor and the private doctor looked at all the like MRIs and like I guess you can see scarring and stuff. And he's like, no, it's been torn for a while. You have to get this fixed. So yeah. Then I, I, I kind of got lucky in a sense where like the pandemic wasn't lucky for anybody, but for me, it meant I didn't really miss that many shows. If like any that were actually running in front of an audience because I got my surgery during the pandemic. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was an interesting experience kind of, it could have been like, I think for a lot of people, it would have been like hard to deal with. But for me, it was just like, ah, this sucks, obviously. But I just have to like push to get back and to be like as good as I was. So, yeah. How are you feeling, you know, coming off the injury and the surgery and everything? I know you've been, been back in the ring for a while, but do you notice a difference with, with things from previously to, to now? Uh, honestly, no. And like as weird as it is, I think it's just because of the way I've like always trained. 
and like push through things. And then when I actually got the surgery, I was very, like, very diligent about all of my physio and all of the stretching. And I still do a lot of stretching and everything. So I've never really noticed that big of a difference, honestly. The first, like, the first three or four months, I noticed a big difference. <laughs> there was a lot of, like, ah, oh, this is weird. And even, like, the first arm drag that I threw or took, I was like, oh, man, like, throwing my arm that way, this is scary. But after I got through that, it's been pretty easy sailing if anything it feels better now to be honest with you you uh you mentioned wwe doctors that was a time in your life you spent uh in 2017 and 2018 uh first of all the name rob kelly is a fantastic name so kudos for that uh and and you got to face tag teams like diy you got beat up by hideo itami who was you know kenta is now and you got to tag with uh, a little known uh, entity known as lars sullivan Talk to me about, oh, and, and by the way, you got beat up by Braun Strowman. So let's talk about all that because that's a lot of heavy hitters you got to share the ring with. Uh, yeah, so I think the coolest thing about the whole thing for me probably was that Rob Kelly name only actually got used for the Braun Strowman match. So every other match actually, like, which this doesn't always happen for like extras and stuff for people just doing those things every other match actually has my real name listed there and my wrestling name like with diy the little graphic at the bottom says um what was his name at the time i think he was just dylan, dylan miley, miley. Yeah, yeah dylan miley it has like dylan miley and michael blaze at the bottom and then when i wrestle hideo it says michael blaze at the bottom so for me that was like cool that it's like my actual like my wrestling name and my my real name on WWE TV. Um, and yeah, ridiculously cool experiences. Um, I don't think, I don't think any pro wrestler in the world would say that they like don't want experiences like that. And I know there's like a lot of people that are like really happy just with indie wrestling. And I'm really happy with what I'm doing in independent wrestling and everything too. But even if it's just like that one time on WWE Raw or getting to do a full four-minute match with Hideo Itami, like Kenta on TV, everybody kind of wants that to like check off their bucket list. And then I was really lucky that like for the Raw match, Arn Anderson was the producer of the match, who like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I used to go through periods where I'd sit down and watch 12 hours of Arn Anderson straight. Um, Triple H himself was like the direct producer for that tag match with DIY and NXT. And then like Tyson Kidd was the producer for my match with Hideo Itami, who has obvious sentimental value to me. So there was just all these like cool little additions to it. Um, yeah, ridiculously cool experience. You mentioned uh, a lot of names there, a lot of famous names. Did you speak to, to any of them, get any feedback from any of them? Um, Arn, I talked to a little bit. Uh, the thing with that Braun Strowman match is there wasn't really like it was a minute and thirty seconds of four of us getting our asses kicked. <laughs> so it's not like there was lots to talk about. But Arn like basically gave me the like, oh, you took really good bump, kid. You listened. Uh, just keep doing what you're doing. And it always helps that like I have T.J. Wilson to kind of like mention to people. So they'll talk a little bit more to me and give me some more time. Hunter was really cool. He, he was very appreciative because if you watch that DIY thing, 
I do a little bit of stuff with DIY and he actually like mentioned something about like, Oh, your strikes look good in there, which was like cool to hear. And then he was like very appreciative about like the beat down that I took from Lars afterwards. Cause I took some pretty gnarly bumps on those pickups from the ground, head choke slam things that he was giving me. And he was like, Oh, you bumped really well. You made him look very good. And then with the Hideo match, honestly, like, I, for people that don't know that are probably watching this, I was trained by TJ Wilson and he's literally my mentor in like life. I always tell people that I wouldn't be what I am as not just a wrestler, but like a man probably if it wasn't for TJ. So it's not like I get advice from him every day. That was just like really cool to have like, this guy that's like an older brother to me and means so much to me be part of that. I was going to ask about your, your training with TJ and you mentioned he was the the producer for that match. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say anything bad about TJ Tyson kid. And he's still, you know, kind of running the, the heart dungeon uh, now kind of in Florida with Natalia. So what was it like? How did you kind of get started linked up with him and then just the overall training and experience with him? Uh, so, Back when I first started training, this was like a long time ago. This was 2003. I started when I was 13. So Teddy Hart, um, infamous name, <laughs> had um, a pro wrestling school for kids, of all things. He would like take anyone from 13 and above in Calgary at BJ's Gym. So for those that don't know what BJ's Gym is, that was like a famous gym in Calgary that literally all of the wrestlers would come to back in the day. Like there was pictures there of Hulk Hogan benching four plates in the gym and stuff like that. And Jim Neidhart and Davey Boy having bench competitions and squat competitions in there. Um, so I got hooked up with that just because I, I was literally obsessed with wrestling since I was like three years old. So and that obsession just never went away. And I was really lucky that, like, my parents, my mom especially, were wrestling fans, too. So they were supportive of it. So I got hooked up with BJ's. And when I went there, at first, there wasn't really any structure. And I know that might be hard to believe when talking about Teddy. But <laughs> there wasn't really any, like, structure. And there wasn't an actual trainer. And then after a few months... um, this guy, Ravenous Randy Myers, who you guys might know from Defy, he came around and he took a few of us and he was all like, oh, you kids are like always coming here. I'll at least like show you how to bump and like the basics. So he started showing us like back bumps, tackles, etc. And then TJ came back from a tour of England, I think at the time. And he just saw us there. He was coming to the gym every day and just have his regular workout while he was getting ready to go to Japan. And he would see particularly three of us, me, this guy, Brandon Van Danielson, who was like my longtime tag partner and Alex Plexus, who you might know if you know, like any ECCW stuff out in Vancouver. Um, we were going every day. We would not miss a day and we would just bump our asses off and do whatever we had to do. And TJ noticed this. So then one day he looked at us and he was just like, hey, do 100 squats. 
because like we didn't really do much conditioning stuff as like kids there wasn't much structure so we just looked at him and he's like okay like if that's what you do we'll do it and we did a hundred squats and then he's like okay do this now so we did this and then he's like okay do this many bumps and we did that and we just kept doing what he said that day and then he was like okay cool i'm going to japan for two weeks and when i come back i will train all three of you just because you like listen to me and you guys clearly want this and i've not seen like kids that want it as bad as you guys clearly do and then after that he came back and at first it started two days a week with tj and then he started having fun is how he puts it and then it turned into three days and then four days and then five days and then there was a period for a little while where like unless there were was a stampede show that week for a few weeks in the one summer we were going like six seven days a week and just mostly me and brandon would be the ones that would make that many days and we would just train with tj and he'd get us to run through things over and over again practice makes perfect is like the saying obviously and give us every little bit of knowledge he knew at the time and then that kind of transfers over because he's never held anything back from me he's like helped me a lot this entire time um and yeah that's the biggest thing with tj is he will not hold back his knowledge he's willing to pay it forward to everybody and he's just he's the man basically <laughs> it seems like with paying it forward i mean you you've taken the reins and uh there's the clandestine wrestling school which is the there's the clandestine wrestling society which is of course the hoodie that you're wearing now uh it talks to me about the the school talks to me about the teachings the type of uh students that you have and just the experience of being a wrestling teacher coach um so a big thing with that i started training people at a different school in 2019 um, I'd done a little bit of like smatterings of like if the Prairie Wrestling Alliance at the time would get like a building for a couple months at a time, I would like kind of help run the training there. But in 2019 is when like I really started doing it. And it was actually when I got back from the WWE tryout that I did that year. And I just came back and my thing was like, I was waiting to find out if like anything would come of it. And my thing was like, well, I just found out some of the drills that they run in the performance center and I know all this other stuff from TJ and all the seminars I've gone to over the years why not like give it to some of these people like if they want to do it if they're going to come put the work in like here's the role drill that they do at the tryout here's this exact drill that they do at the tryout so if you ever get this opportunity you're set up you kind of know what you're going into a little bit more than maybe even I did um and then over a little bit of like time eventually we get like the email back from that tryout and basically the email was just like you did really good maybe next time and i was like ah man and then it was one of those things though where i always tell people you can go on like sometimes you come at like this fork in the road and you can go one of two directions you can go the weird direction that's gonna make you bitter and just upset or you can go the other direction you can find something that's like okay that's fine. This is like positive And this means more than that. And then that's when my brain flipped and it was like, ah, it means more to me. I still want to make it. I still want to do my thing. I still want to be like doing everything I'm doing now and more hopefully, but it actually probably means more to me to like pass on everything that I've been able to learn over the years. 
coming like straight from TJ back in those days, all the way to like all the seminars I did with Dr. Tom Pritchard and Harley Race, the tryout, just every experience I've had. If I can help anybody through that, it means like a lot to me to be able to do that. And I probably got that mindset from TJ, but, um, and yeah, like I have all walks of life come through there and like a whole different group of students. The thing that was like really almost like kind of crazy to me at first is for a hot second, it was mostly like almost just like a women's school. Cause like the three that were like the most dedicated at first and would not miss a single day and would work their asses off all the time were Zoe Sager, Karen from accounting and Gigi Ray. And then my brother, Stephen Crow, got in too. And that was like the core four at first. And they were like, they were there every single day. And they were just like, they reminded me exactly of me and BVD. And so I was like, whoa, this is like cool. And then I start seeing the way certain things like click for them. Like I could say something, and I'm sure every trainer will say this. I could say something 20 times and maybe the first 19 don't click in the way I say it the first 19 times. And then all of a sudden that 20th time, something you just see it like click. And all of a sudden you see like Karen winding up and throwing the craziest, most intense forearms you've ever seen. And I'm sitting there and I'm turning into a fan and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. This is perfect. This is amazing. Or I see like Stephen Crow, like my legit real life little brother gets something. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm like, whoa, where did this come from? How are you doing like this perfect tackle, drop down, leapfrog, blah, 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 thing. Oh, and what? You just threw this random spin in yourself that like I've never seen before. Cool. <laughs> so it's like, it's probably, it's probably more rewarding to see that kind of stuff, to be honest. And like, than anything else I've done myself in wrestling, even even more than like those WWE appearances, which I wouldn't have expected. I got into like doing that stuff literally is like, ah, I just want like to do this for you guys and to like help in any way I can, even if it's like this much, just a little bit of helping out if I can. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, oh, cool. That's like actually like it's really cool for me too and like awesome because i get to sit here and like when you guys do good when i see zoe and taryn on AEW, i sit there and i like being totally honest with you when they were on that one in winnipeg i was backstage that night and i didn't get used that night and i could not have cared less i know that's hard to believe but i could not have cared less because as soon as i saw them i had like little tears in my eyes and i was like this is perfect this is like this makes it all worth it so, yeah. Well, uh, as we, we start to wind down here, um, what was your reaction when you found out you were facing Speedball Mike Bailey? Because I know Spencer Love and the, and the guys were happy to bring him in with everything. And it's obviously a big match. Like Speedball is one of the top names, uh, you know, on the, the entire scene right now. And they're trusting you with, with this spot. So what was your reaction when you were told, hey, you got the Speedball match? I was very grateful and very, very happy that that was the decision that Spencer came to because obviously I respect Speedball 
and he's got like a ridiculous resume and he's a very good professional wrestler. And when I watch him, I'm like, oh, this is like a guy that I could do something really cool with. And so that's like, just personally for me, that's a cool thing. Um, but then at the same time, I've done a lot. People don't see it because I used to say like, I used to say that this area, Alberta and kind of Western Canada in general, it was sort of like the black hole of wrestling. You wouldn't see like almost anything come out of here. So like I had matches, like big matches with like Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe. I had a whole three match series with Cody Rhodes. And then like I had a match with Josh Alexander, all of this stuff that just kind of never got seen outside of here or wasn't super known. It's been seen a little bit, but it's not super known. So I've kind of been put in these positions before. But it was always with PWA, which was already an established company, right? So all of a sudden, this one to me, not only does it have that same, like, I got to show everybody in the world again, if I was already showing people that when I wrestled Samoa Joe, when I wrestled Cody, that I can hang on that level, I got to do that again with Speedball. But this time, it's not just me. I feel like this is the first time that's really happening in LPW. So now it's like, okay, the weight of the weight of not the entire company, because all the guys and girls on the show that night are going to show everybody that tunes in on Twitch, how good they are. But there is a lot of weight to show that like this guy who's seen as like one of the top dudes in this company can hang with a guy that is seen as one of the top guys in the entire world. And then to me, when I show that, that means all of a sudden nobody can deny that LPW and this scene in general is right up there with the rest of the world. So when I found out I was wrestling him, I was happy. I was obviously very happy, but I was instantly like, okay, it's go time. It's proving time. Like, just like it always has been, it's proving time, not just for me, but for everybody else. So big deal, really big deal. When you think of it that way. (laughs) Now here, this is, this is my last big important question before we do the plugs and before we get out of here with you, can you bury Spencer love for us? (laughs) Oh, I don't know if it's possible to bury Spencer, to be honest with you. What's the, I worst, that don't, what's that? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> so, like, here's the thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I would love to. I like talking shit more than anybody does. I like being able to be like, I'm going to get on you, Spencer, to, like, anybody else. Because it's like, especially my friends. Because it's kind of, like, fun to have that little banter. But if I'm being totally honest, like, Spencer is hard to bury because he's done everything that he's been saying he was going to do with LPW and all that stuff that I was saying about like, I can, I will never ever take anything away from everybody in the scene and the things they did for me. Kurt Sorokin and the Prairie Wrestling Alliance. He gave me such a platform form for so many years, brought in these guys for all of us to wrestle and to work hard against and what you're seeing in LPW is the continuation and kind of a product of that. So if you've watched LPW and you think like 
so many of these guys are really good and all of these girls are really good and everybody on this roster, they're good. That's a big part of that is because like PWA gave us the chance to become those things at first. But Spencer has taken that and brought it out to everywhere else. He's the one that's making this not as much as the black hole anymore. He's making sure everybody sees what's going on here. So, man, it's honestly hard to bury the guy. Maybe, maybe, I'll give you this. Tell him this every single show. He could probably stop swearing a little bit on the ring announcing. <laughs> every show, Spencer. None of those F-bombs. One a show. One a show. And even that might be too much. But <laughs> that, that's maybe the only thing I can drop. We need to start a swear jar for Spencer at these events. We've a lot of us have made jokes about it, <laughs> but then the thing is, is like there's potential that maybe he would start swearing more if he gets to keep the swear jar at the end of the night. No, he no, no, he, he, that's coming money. out of his own. Nope, it's coming out of his own pocket, and then donate to charity or or whatever he oh. needs to do with it. But it's coming out of his pocket if he's swearing. Charity's a good call. Maybe that's a good idea. Do yeah. can also just that fifty fifty swear jar. Half can do a fifty fifty draw, and then the other half you donate it to whatever whatever you guys want, just not to Spencer Love's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's a good suggestion. Maybe there's a lot there's a lot going on for you guys. Thursday night, it's uh, Love Pro Wrestling versus Clandestine Wrestling Society, uh, and then Friday night. LPW presents Speedball Strikes First. Of course, our buddy MRB is going to be taking on Speedball. Both shows, correct me if I'm wrong, at the Rec Room in South Edmonton? Yep. Wonderful. Eventbrite has your tickets. MRB, get your plugs in before we let you go. Um, all my plugs. You can follow me. I make this really easy. That little name you see on the screen, God's Gift MRB, you can literally follow me at that name on every single social media platform. And you can follow the Clandestine Society on every social media platform at Clandestine SOC. Um, and you can check out the Clandestine Society website at clandestinewrestlingsociety.com. And then I got a lot of upcoming shows, so I don't know how I'm going to list them all. I got WrestleCore at the end of October. I've got PPW in Saskatchewan at the end of October. I've got WPW at the beginning of October. And of course, the two love pro wrestling shows every single month, the last Thursday and last Friday of the month. Um, one last thing that's a big thing coming up this week for love pro wrestling though. We've also got that speedball Mike Bailey seminar on Thursday, which is a big deal because it's been since we started the clandestine wrestling society to help bring other people here because I can teach a lot too, but it's always good to learn from some other people too. So I'm really happy that with Spencer and I, we were able to set that up and I'm really looking forward to seeing the people that signed up getting that experience. Um, but yeah, you hit the plugs for this week, Friday, especially make sure you tune in on Twitch. And if you're in Edmonton or the area, make sure you're at the show rec room, South common Edmonton, MRB versus Speedball Mike Bailey, and I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, it will not disappoint. We're looking forward to watching it on Twitch because I unfortunately can't be there live. But if you are, like MRB said, go go check out the show. Otherwise, uh, go go to Twitch and check it out on on Love Pro Wrestling's Twitch account, the site. 
whatever it is on their stream, whatever they call it these days. We're on Twitch too, but I don't remember what it is. So anyway, everybody, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wish thank you. And thanks again. Thank you guys. Thanks for you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy it. Take care. Thank give you. Spencer a big hug from us. Yes. I'll give him a massive hug. I All will right. squeeze him so tight his ribs break. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll swear less. Yes. <laughs> Good call. That's true. I got you here. <laughs> thanks oh, yeah. again. Thank you. All right. Uh, MRB. MRB. That was good, Joel. That was good. Good Good job, Joel Pearl. Oh, thank you so much. No, I, you know what? I, I reached out to Spenny and I was like, hey, you guys have a show coming up this weekend. Let's uh, let's have some, let's spotlight some of your people. And immediately he's like, oh yeah, I can scrounge someone up and uh, I'll peek behind the curtain. He He's like, I, I'll send a, a code DM. It'll be me, the talent, and then Joel, I'll, I'll, you know, with you in it. So basically a three-way DM. I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And so I see a DM pop up and it's Spenny, MRB, and me. And Spenny's like, uh, Joel, MRB, MRB, Joel. And, and again, pulling back the curtain, MRB and I met at the GCW show in Toronto back in April. We didn't really get to have much of a conversation because I was like running around trying to interview a bunch of talent. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, MRB was not as much on my radar. So I didn't have much prepared, but like said, hi, you know, how are you? Just a quick hello. Uh, but this was the opportunity. So he sees that it's me and he's like, of course it's Joel Pearl. And I'm just like, it's always me. <laughs> so we had a really, really, really good, uh, a really good chat this morning. I appreciate him. I wanted to ask him about that because he was in the scramble match for a GCW show. And that's like a famous way to start your, your GCW appearances. Uh, he was also in the clusterfuck like a couple years prior to that but uh being being in a six-way scramble is is like a rite of passage if you're in gcw so it's good to good to chat with mrb good to uh, just have him on the show and, and catch up with him it was, it was a very fun conversation um you know getting getting the insights from from tj wilson always good and i appreciate you try to get him to bury spencer love i was gonna ask if you didn't uh but the wife was the wife messaged me and said we gotta be nice to spencer and i disagree this is see, seeing who's going to the show just out, out of mutual friends. I am a little upset that I'm missing out, but it's also why? Why don't you go, coward? Well, because Edmonton is a far, far flight, and it's expensive to fly within Canada. So there's that uh, drive. Drive. That's even yeah. longer. I don't. I don't think I can do that, coward. And, well, in this case, I'll. I will take it. Uh, let's see. Let's see. How long is the drive to Edmonton from here? If I'm going to drive from my house. It is a, get this, wow, this is taking a long time. It is a 34-hour drive. So, leave now. You'll get there by Friday. You'll be fine. <laughs> we just in time. Eight days if I want to cycle, and uh, 30 days if I want to walk. I assume that's nonstop. You should drive. It'll be fine. It'll take a while. I'm not doing it, though. I didn't realize it was legit like 34 hours. That is kind of insane. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this country is like everything is very spaced apart. That's why like whenever I'm in the States, whenever I was touring, when I was working like in music, it'd be like, oh, we have like a four hour drive to the next or like a 45 minute drive to the next major town. We don't get that here. It's between here and Ottawa from Toronto to Ottawa. That's about a five hour drive. Do you want to keep complaining about living in Mexico North or, you know, you, you, you cried to start this show. You guys didn't talk about enough wrestling on Monday. Mm -hmm. Now you're crying about driving and you're crying about where you're living and your poteen and all of this stuff. Do you, do you want to get into the wrestling, Joel? 
instead or do we, we want to talk about geography more i mean jake cargill just uh <laughs> just moved so geography is on the table uh, i don't think she's actually moving to florida but maybe she got a nice piano tear and, and stay there for a few uh you know dur- during her training she'll have a place to crash at night anyway jay cargill officially signs with wwe they roll out the red carpets they cody had, treatment baby they really they, they did more than the cody treatment because cody didn't even get the you know with cody it was like we're gonna surprise you with yeah. jade it's like now nah, we're telling you she's here we're telling you everything about her. We're giving you as much as we can. We're giving ESPN the exclusive. And I'm like, FIFAselect.com. But, uh, you know, we, did, we didn't break that she signed. We, we, we broke that she was uh, headed this way. So, anyway, the, um, the story was a big one yesterday. It's official. She's here. They had photos of her at the PC. Not just that, but took video of her crossing the parking lot. And everyone got the same joke off over and over again. Good for you. And now she's uh, part of the WWE roster and she had plenty to say about it uh she's she she had a very very busy first day jeremy lambert you got to cover all of it uh so just give me give me your perspective first of all on the announcements and just the the day that was covering that whole story so yeah the the news broke while we were doing fmc actually so i was typing up the news story while also talking about trash reality television with my pals sp3 uh and share delaware we kind of knew it was coming, right? FIFO reported it. Sean Ross Sapp reported it. September 13th after the episode of Dynamite um, that she was going to finish up. And that's why they did the, at the time, weird, hey, this match is on Rampage uh, in two days, taped type of thing. She ended up going to WWE. She she officially signed. You're right that it wasn't the Cody treatment in that it wasn't a surprise. Like they just went ahead and announcement. It was, if people recall, and I certainly do, cause I was covering it all live. Cody returned to WWE. I think like variety or Hollywood reporter put out like an immediate interview with him. Like the next match is going on at WrestleMania and like, Hey, here's Cody Rhodes. First comments. He did the interview with, I think again, shoemaker, uh, from the ringer pretty sure he did like the interview right after the Seth match that that put that went up on ringer Jade her first interview was with ringer she did the interview with ESPN uh, as well last night you know she was getting some tweets off and everything uh, responded to Bailey responded to AW people who wished her well and things like that it was a red carpet kind of Triple H responded yeah she got the the big push from everything all the numbers really back it up um i'll answer that in a second a shock uh but all the numbers like really back up like how big of a star she is all the social numbers like a lot of views on on just her walking through the parking lot and going into the performance center a lot of views on this stuff becky was asked about it in a new york post interview that dropped this morning um who else was was asked about it that i ended up covering uh i don't i don't recall um you know J- tiffany was asked about it when just the rumors were kind of swirling and everything so a lot of people once it became a thing it was like hey what do you think about this person coming in you know she mentioned uh matches against bianca and all of this stuff so a couple of a couple of things here from from a shock may or not may not be an ai bot uh by the way he's an ai bot okay all right uh what do you make of jade's interview so she did a few I've said this before a lot uh, about Jade, and I'll continue to say it. She comes across so well. 
and I, I was having a conversation with somebody in the business. Um, there's a tease, a hint for everybody. Uh, I was having a conversation and, and I said this to this person. I was like, she comes across so well on all the, like I'm always very impressed by her. And this person told me like, yeah, no PR training, no, none of that. Like, and I was like, well, I can kind of see that because I don't know if anybody in AEW has had PR training and she spent her entire career there. I know they had like the meeting not too long ago about like, hey, do this, do that. But that was a very recent thing. Uh, I don't know prior to that how much PR training like any of these people have. That's going to be included. I'm sure they're told certain things and whatnot, but I don't know if they go through this big crash course of, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to say. I imagine a lot of it is just you you're trusted in these positions with things. Uh, and she's clearly been trusted. I also like, she's, I, I always get confused of Mary dating. Uh, her partner is Brandon Phillips, a uh, former baseball player, Cincinnati Reds. Great. That dude, she speaks, always speaks very highly of him, how much she's learned from him. I imagine throughout the years, she's just picked up things through that of how to handle the media and what to say and what not to say kind of things. I would imagine that's, that's part of it as well, but otherwise like she just comes across very well, very well spoken, just very, she knows what to say and what not to say. Like she does. She, she's asked like, what brand are you going to be on? She's like, I know, but you got to tune in type of thing. She knows to give the teases and everything. She's, she's just very, I'm always getting impressed by her when when she does this because she is so new to the business and people can get caught up in that look people who have been around for 40 years can can get caught up of like i'm just gonna say this and go off and you're not gonna be able to say anything she is a media dream in that sense and this is why i think she should have always been on however whatever she could be put on for AEW. she could have been on these talk shows she could have been on hot 97 and they they did give her a lot of these appearances by the way, I don't want to downplay AEW. Like they didn't do, they fumbled the bag, as everybody wants to say. They didn't do enough PR with her. They put her on a lot of this stuff and tried to position her very well outside of the company. As we talked about when kind of this news first broke, there is a difference between where AEW can position you and how much media and attention you can get from outside of wrestling while in AEW and how much attention you can get when you're in wwe and jade mentioned as much like you get the machine behind you this is something cody's talked about a lot you get the machine behind you and when that machine is behind you and you can get all of these opportunities wwe's got the platform man i i know people will just want to focus on oh the creative and the, there's a, obviously a lot of bad stuff they just released 30 talents a week ago and a bunch of uh, employees after the merger but when it comes to just goals certain people have those a lot of those goals could be a lot more achieved in wwe and it sounds like some of the goals jade had uh jade has they're a little bit more achievable in wwe and that seems like it was a big factor in her wanting to go there i love that you mentioned the the pr or the no uh formal pr training and i think you hit it on the head she has a partner who has been involved in professional sports like she has who has been put in front of microphones and cameras 
and can impart some wisdom. And it's nice to see that if, you know, if they're both learning from each other, then that is something that's very, very important to pick up. And she, she presents very well. You're right. She had a lot to say. And listen, also some of these questions, like, you know, this isn't me, you know, going after any of the media. It's just like some of the questions are ones you expect to hear and ones that you can kind of prepare for in certain ways. Uh, I don't think there was anything that really caught her off guard that would have put her in a position to um and ah her way through it. But uh, she absolutely she tackled everything that was presented in front of her and she did it with grace and she did it very well. And she clearly has a message that she or somebody has already crafted for her about her WWE debut her wwe her decision to join wwe the thing she wants out of wwe and she used it she used all of those points to to knock it out of the park when she made those appearances uh this past week so i'm looking forward to whatever they're going to do with her because she said it herself the machine's behind me and if the machine is truly behind her as they are you know 24 hours ago and it continues that way then the opportunities for her are endless uh now the big question is where where does she end up? And of course, she was. She, this this was the uh, you spoke to Cody, didn't you? Moment was when <laughs> when someone asked, you know, where are you gonna? Was it Mark Romandi from uh, ESPN? Yeah. Asked, where yeah. are you gonna end up? And she, you know, you're gonna be an NXT Raw or something? She's like, I already know, but you'll have to find out. That was a Cody Rhodes feeding her the line moment, and God bless because that was perfect. But speaking of Cody, you know, she was asked. Uh, how much did he play a role and she was like top three and he's not number three and that was telling because again there is uh there were certain people who are are from uh, who, who signed with aew because cody saw something in them and cody wanted to bring them aboard and push them and work with them and train or at least develop them as talent and when he left you know that those plans maybe changed or the expectations changed whatever it was the the vision changed and that's not a knock on AEW that's just it's very clear to see we talked about this you know even before our show started because Cody left you know AEW well before our show started but the vision of AEW changed in a lot of ways when Cody went back to WWE and some of the talent you know their their decisions their development and all that that changed as well Jade's one of those people we talked about it on this. We've talked about on this show that she was a Cody pickup and for her to come over to WWE, the opportunity for her to work again with Cody and also with the training staff at the PC that she put over and all that. And she, again, did a great job just putting it out there. You know, this is a top level staff and yada, yada. Um, She sees it. She sees it and she sees herself as doing the thing. And I think that's pretty amazing. But now where does she end up? Now the speculation runs rampant. So we'll start, I guess, where, where do you see her starting at? Well, real quickly, and everybody says that and then goes on for five minutes. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Wait, before you, you talk- do that, before you do that, uh, Super Chats, because I didn't mention it before MRB's interview. Uh, if you want to donate Super Chat, any amount of question statement read on the air, because we, of course, are self-funded here at Fightful Overbooked. So while you're leaving your thumbs up, go and leave a Super Chat as well. Support us here on the channel. Go ahead, Jeremy. Talk your stuff. Um, you mentioned visions and Jeff Elijah has very different di- visions between what Cody saw and AEW saw. There is that there's certainly that. And that's what we see on screen, right? There, there's different visions for, for people on screen and Cody has his, his picks that he liked and he wanted to probably push them a little bit on screen. Cody, what's very interesting. Uh, if you go back and you don't have to, nobody has to do this. You listen to his first interviews when he joined, in WWE and he was asked 
you know, if anybody, you're going to try to pull some AEW people here. Like you're going to try to recruit for it now. And Cody basically said like, you know, it's, it's not on me to try to recruit these people. Like I'm not going to message everybody like, Hey, come to WWE, come to WWE. If they ask me what it's like, I'm going to be very honest with them. And part of that honesty is telling them you got to do this, 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 and this that you don't have to do in AEW. And what I mean by that and what Cody meant by that, and he's, he's made it clear. So these are Cody's words, not my interpretation of things. You got to do media stuff. You got to work house show loops. You, you got to do these things that in AEW, there is no house. There is no house show. AEW, the media isn't quite as big and people in AEW, I don't know if they pick and choose who wants to do media and stuff. But look, you got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks who are EVPs not doing a whole lot of media for these shows. Meanwhile, you got Ilya Dragunov, who is, you wouldn't think of as a media guy, but he is certainly, he's doing a ton of interviews with a lot of people. And look, my interview with him drops on Friday. Uh, here's, a, here's a teaser, spoiler for everybody. I asked him about, because this always fascinates me as someone who covers a lot of this stuff. I asked him about doing a lot of media. I was like, do you go to them and be like, hey, I want to do this? Because Cody, Drew, they go to WWE and like, give me as much media as possible. That's like, do you like to, he's like, I don't necessarily like go to them and ask for this, but they ask me to do it. Here I am. Like he said, he enjoys doing it. He gets a lot out of it, but it's not something he's necessarily pushing for. Um, You know, in AEW, certain people might push for it. Certain people might get told to do it, but there's a reason why you see a lot of similar people doing media in AEW and why some people, um, why some people don't do the media that maybe they should. These are things you just got to do. In, a, in WWE, especially if you want to kind of get sustained sort of success. And some people are able to do it and some people are not. Like, that's that's what it is. Um, so Keyshawn says, are we going to make the excuse AEW doesn't do enough media? That's why Jade didn't work. I think AEW does a good amount of media. Could they do more? Maybe. I also think it's just they're the second brand. And that's their that's their place. I, I said this heading into All In, where you know, that's their biggest show. One, the show's over in London, so you know the the media doesn't always translate the same. Um, but I thought they could have done more media in London, leading up, and I thought they could have done more media here. But it's how much do some of these outlets want to cover of that stuff? as the the second brand which AEW is. I don't know how all of that stuff works. Uh, I'm honestly like I just know what I see of who does media, what outlets they do it with. But there's certainly a budget and, and just a budget not only financially but uh I guess spatial wise of how much you're going to cover with this kind of stuff. You know, we're wrestling websites. All we do is cover wrestling. I don't think, but like uh, the New York Post, they're like, oh, we're only going to run two wrestling stories this week. We we can only do two things this week. Okay, what are we going to do? Do we want to do one WWE, one AEW? Do we want to do two AEWs? Like, you, I don't know how that stuff works. So I can only comment on what I see when it comes to uh, how much media is out there. But I do think that is part of the vision. Cody sees in certain people, Jade, one of them, Ricky Starks, another one of like, he sees that they want to push for stuff just beyond 
wrestling just beyond what you see on screen they want to do the media they they have visions beyond sort of wrestling i think that's why he took a liking to them and i think that's why they all kind of um they all kind of have conglomerated together now where does jade go to wwe we just explained this yes i i think breakout tournament is what people seem to be hinting at right like everyone seems like okay breakout tournament but it feels she's just gotta win that though and then okay she wins that and then does she have a feud for the nxt championship this rollout feels so big right now that just starting her at nxt and just i understand like get your feet wet type of thing i get that but man it feels like she's just should be immediate raw smackdown it doesn't it feels like nxt is a little too small based on how much they have already pushed this so i i think because they decided to announce the brackets for the nxt breakout women's tournament at no mercy Mm. i think we'll see jade at no mercy i just have that feeling I had to clear my throat. So the again, if if she has an NXT stint, it's not a long one. It's a conditioning stint. It's an opportunity for them to get an idea. You know, how do we how do we feel in the ring? How do we look in the ring? How do we work with the cameras? How do we work with our style? That the WWE style that people always talk about. How do you do with that? Uh, especially when there are people in the arena. There are people on the whatever in the venue versus, you know, just in the PC working to a hard camera with like five people. This is this is different. Jade is not someone who has a lot of experience working in front of big crowds. And this is again, this is not a knock at AEW. Most of her career when it started was during during COVID and there was no one except for other wrestlers at Daly's Place. And then by May 2021, she was, you know. We're off to the races, and now people are coming out to the show. So I think that there's an opportunity here for her to, to get acclimated to the WWE style, to the WWE way of shooting and angling and all that stuff, and starts at NXT where the pressure is a little less, not in a bad way, not in a we-don't-trust-you kind of way, but in a we-start-somewhere. And I go back to the rights fee conversation. I go back to the Becky Lynch's there, and Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins shows up. They are absolutely trying to maximize NXT as that third brand. And that's how you start. And that's how you you have her do something from No Mercy, which is this Saturday, until Deadline, which is early December. And that's it. She doesn't need to win the Women's Championship necessarily. She could. She absolutely could. She could win the breakout tournament and and then win the the NXT. I'll let you go in a second. And she can win the NXT uh, Women's Champion. Or sorry, win the NXT breakout tournament. And then she would kind of have to go and win the, 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 the title unless someone screws her out of it from main roster. And that brings her up to fight someone from main roster. Uh, a lot of people talking about Nia Jax. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But uh, the one thing I do not want to see as a debut, and I'll put this out there now, is something I see a lot of, and that's the Royal Rumble. Because if you're not going to have her win the Rumble, then why bother making her appearance in a ring with 30 other people a big deal it's not going to be. It's going to get over. It's going to get shaded over like that. She can enter number thirty, but like unless she wins at that point, what's the point? What's the big deal? I need. Give me a build. Give me something more than just like 
oh, she's here. It's the Royal Rumble. Oh my God, it's Jade. She'll have could that. it be? Yeah, could it be? It is. <laughs> yeah, just, it's not. It's not it to me, at least. I want to see her start something. Have a big. Have a have an opening story in NXT, and then maybe translate it up to the main roster. However, that works. You were about to uh, give me something here. Title Tuesday. Let's go. Tag titles for Jade and Cody. Close. Oh, okay. Close. Cody Rhodes, Dominic Mysterio, NXT, North American title. Cody wins. Main event, Jade Cargill, Becky Lynch, NXT women's title. Jade wins. Closing shot, Cody and Jade holding up the belts. On title Tuesday, let's go, let's go right go. there. I love it. Oh my That's goodness. it. That's what we're closing title Tuesday with on NXT October, whatever, 10th. I believe it's the 10th, October 10th. The 10th yeah. yeah. Going up. It's title Tuesday. And for those for those who don't watch our show on the regular, we've been talking about Title Tuesday for a while because that's actually the AEW Dynamite episode that's airing that night. Dynamite's going to be on October the 10th, which is a Tuesday night. So for one night only, it's going to be NXT versus AEW, uh, at least as of now, unless NXT is just like, for one night only, we're going back to where it all started, back to Wednesday. Uh, I they're going to compete, and they're going to stack that show. Yeah, Cody and Jade closing shot, baby, with the belts, with the belts. Oh, the discourse the following day. I ain't paying attention to none of it, but I imagine the world of Bard, and that's all I care about. That's Buddy, all I if, care about. If you want weird discourse, the the Jade stuff was one thing. Last night on NXT, Thea Hale debuted her new gimmick, her new you know look and everything um spoilers it's all black because she's a heel now but she also came out to a new theme song and for impact wrestling fans I, you, your ears perked up because that's the same theme that jody threat uses <laughs> and so i pointed it out and people were getting real weird on the internet about it so just just saying if you think if you think our idea is going to get some views i put out something completely innocuous and people got weird so be prepared jeremy be prepared I want to answer this uh, comment from from Keyshawn, who says she didn't work as in she didn't feel like a star. AEW was trying to make her out to be. I, I can kind of see that in just, again, the sense that AEW is smaller than WWE. No one in AEW feels like a bigger star than WWE. And I'm not saying in the wrestling bubble sense, because I think Brian Danielson is the greatest of all time and he feels like the biggest star in the business to me. But Outside of the wrestling bubble, I'm talking big, big picture kind of stuff here. WWE just has a foothold on all of that stuff. Roman Reigns is a much bigger deal than anybody in AEW. Cody Rhodes is a bigger deal than anybody in AEW. This, 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 this doesn't mean they are you know the biggest stars in the world and stuff, but there is levels to non-wrestling stardom. There's levels to stardom in general, and I know uh, people are going to be, I don't know if they're going to be bad, but whatever. Taylor Swift invented football this past Sunday, Joel. I don't know if you heard about this. I did. But but this is legitimately what I'm talking about when I'm talking about levels, because the NFL is huge, right? The NFL is maybe the biggest sport in the world. I think it is. I think a lot of metrics back that up. Travis Kelsey, Super Bowl winner, um, the best tight end, one of the best of all time, certainly the best today. Big star, big star 
one mainstream, two certainly in the sports world. Taylor Swift shows up, there is a level above Travis Kelsey and even the entire NFL when she shows up. And there's just levels to, to this kind of stuff. And maybe we don't always see it because we are in such a bubble and I understand why people might not see it. You get a reminder of it when you see stuff like this. When you see, hey, here's, here's Taylor Swift showing up to an NFL game. You think the NFL is big. Taylor Swift shows up. Oh, there is a much different level where jersey sales go up 400% because this woman just shows up to the game. Like, levels to it. And there's just a level to Jade Cargill, her, where she could be in AEW, and where she can be in WWE. By the way, just to piggyback off of your uh, your your NFL reference, that's what the Super Bowl halftime show is every year. Yeah, people. There are people who are like, "Oh, Metallica should be doing it, or it should be John Bon Jovi." No, because they realize that in in the old days when they had those acts, the, there was there was a drop in interest. No one no one cared, and as it became more and more popular to be in the the Super Bowl halftime show, it wasn't for the same people who watched the game. It was for the people who wanted to see the stars, the pop stars, the big showcase of entertainment. That's what it became. And as a result, like now the joke is like halftime is is go to the bathroom time. And then everyone else who was not watching the game will suddenly be watching the TV. Nobody switches out. The ratings don't dip. Everything stays. It sometimes gets higher depending on the talent that they bring on. But point being, uh, the crossover appeal is a big deal, especially in wrestling where we need it. Andrew Zarian says Nipplegate needs to happen again. Zarian, there's enough Nipplegate where you are. We're done with that. Crossover, the crossover appeal, I see people in the chat of like, why does this uh, matter? Why is this important type of thing? It matters to the wrestlers. Like, I know we, we like to just think of, oh, what does Jade Cargill, the crossover, bring to WWE? Who is going to pay attention to this stuff? We got to remember, these are human beings with their own ambitions and goals anyway. And if you listen to Jade, she outlines these ambitions and goals. You know, she wants to transition into to movies at some point she wants to accomplish these things outside of wrestling so it matters to them and at the end of the day it is their life and it, they are truthfully they're the only people who matter when it comes to this decision we can sit here and we can talk about it and we can debate it and we can everybody can get online and be like why'd she leave aew oh she everything was going great there she could have done this she could have done that why'd she go to wwe they're not gonna book her well the creative is gonna be bad some people don't care about that shit. Like they're, they just want to go and they're going to, they have their own goals and their own ambitions and you let them make their decision and you let them be happy with it. And right now she's happy with it. I don't know how she's going to feel about it. Two, three, four, five years down the line. Who knows? A lot can change. I can change in a week. Certainly a lot can change in five years, but right now she is happy with her decision. This is what she wanted to do. I support her. You see, we get so caught up in the, the tribalism and all this stupid stuff. Look at the people in AEW who are happy for her. Sean Dean, Powerhouse Hobbs, Nyla, Ricky Starks. Everyone is happy that she is getting to do what she wants to do. Like Her friends are happy for her. They're not like, oh, how could she leave us? How could she backstab us? How could she leave the company? No, it's like, hey, you go do you, girl. Good honor. Good honor, man. Support your friends. Support your people. 
support people who have their own goals and want to follow their own dreams when it comes to this stuff. We, we want to talk about the television show when she debuts and be like, oh, they could be doing this better. They could be doing that better. Sure, we can, we can get into that whenever it happens. But for right now, let's not, let's not knock anybody for having their own goals and own ambitions and for wanting to do the things that they want to do and act like it affects us in any possible way. Because what Jade wants to do with her life and her career ain't got no fucking bearing on what we're doing with our lives and our career. Ain't messing with my money. That's for sure. But listen, helping my money. Hopefully <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, if anything, it's the opposite. Yeah. And, and you and I talked about this, you know, how many times a show do I say you and I talked about this? We talk a lot. The three shows a week, Joel. It's kind of upsetting, isn't it? The only, the only people more consistent than us are busted open radio and they've been doing it a hell of a lot longer than we have. The, I they make more money than us too. You, you start paying us busted open money. I'll do the show five days a week. I will too. I'll do an after dark too. I'll pull a bully. I'll do it. You know what the you know what the business is missing these days? Chair shots to the head. Back in my day, sorry, I'm, I'm going to stop my bully. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the we again. So you and I had mentioned this before. If Jade comes into WWE, it's more than just the wrestling potentially for her there is an opportunity to have representation from one of the largest talent agencies in the world and William Morris. There is opportunity for her to branch out beyond what WWE offers through the TKO merger to be a part of a larger plan. And again, it's not, it's, it's not a knock on AEW. It's just what plans are. It's, it's what expectations are, what, uh, what career goals are. And she has always been someone who has very high goals set for herself. And she seems to hit them almost all the time, if, all, if not all the time. So this is a big win for Jade. It's a big win for, for wrestling and the potential for someone to go outside of the bubble. This is, again, the crossover conversation. Someone who goes outside the bubble and speaks positively about their experience in pro wrestling when a lot of people come out and say, oh, it's that fake shit. It's that carny stuff. It's that da 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 Feel however you want to feel. If there's someone who's there behind the scenes doing it every week and they have a positive experience and they bring that outside of the bubble, guess what? A lot more people are going to be paying attention and a lot more people are going to be like, oh, maybe it's not as bad as I've heard before. Someone who's on the inside actually has something nice to say and doesn't sound like a robot when they say it. And that's one of the big opportunities at hand. So I like that. I'm excited. I'm excited for what she brings to the television product, which is obviously what I care as a viewer. And just I'm excited for her in general. I love, love this jumping back and forth stuff. It's great. It's so good. When Cody jumped, it was fantastic. When Moxley made his debut, fantastic. This is good stuff when these things happen. It makes the business interesting. It makes the television product interesting because you get fresh faces in there. And when WWE treats these people like stars, like they did with Cody, like they're doing with Jade, it makes it a much bigger deal as well like it, it just comes off and it enhances the tv product and that's as viewers that's what we should care about right yeah i don't get caught off caught up in the goals and ambitions people have in their own personal life that doesn't affect you that doesn't that should not matter to you it means it should mean nothing to you, you should just be happy for whatever they want as a viewer 
that's what you should care about. And as a viewer, I think it's going to make for good television. If it makes for bad television, then that's even better because I love bad television. Yeah, no, I'm very well aware. That's something that SP3 has pointed out <laughs> multiple times. And, and hey, no. you know what? I do, I do want to address this. I do think this is a, a fine point by Wes Holbel. Uh, is it okay as an AW fan to still be disappointed? It's like watching small market, small market lottery pick go to the defending champions. Is that a Kevin Durant reference, Wes Holbel? Because fuck Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, I, I can completely understand that. If you here here's sort of kind of sort of a difference i don't view wrestling companies like sports teams if you do that's that's your prerogative i'm not gonna knock anybody for that i think if you take it to the level some even sports teams take it that's a different uh that's a different conversation yes fuck kevin durant um that's a different conversation there but if you are a fan of AEW who likes supporting their product more than wwe and you're like oh man we just lost jade cargill that's unfortunate. If that's as far as you're going with it, cool. If you're like going to root, ag- well, fine, you want to root against her, okay. If you're going to root against her in a derogatory way, then that's when it gets a little, like I do the fuck Kevin Durant thing as a bit, but like, do I still enjoy watching Kevin Durant play basketball? Yeah, he's still one of my favorite players to watch. Could I root for him on the Warriors? Could I root for him? Just, could I root for the Warriors in general? Absolutely not. I could not do that. Was I attacking him on twitter yes fuck kevin Durant's kind of attacking him uh was was i burning his jersey or anything no that stuff it's a little bit too much there you want to boo that's your right as a fan you want to kind of have fun and things with that that's your right as a fan you want to take it too far like a lot of fans do and you want to start attacking them on a personal kind of level that's when it gets uh, a little much yeah Exactly. And for me, when someone goes to another wrestling company, I see that as a fresh start. I see that as an opportunity to tell different stories, work with a whole group of different people. And I see I see more opportunity than I see what was behind, you know, and I see someone in the chat be like Camille next to NXT. Sure. Or just needs to be next. Whether that's NXT, I don't care where. But like Camille's another person that has ample opportunity to decide where they want to go and potentially do the things. Um, Sammy Callahan is reported by Fightful Select. He's he's going to be a free agent as of Saturday. So as of Sunday, I guess Saturday midnight, Sunday twelve oh one, and that's that's a big deal because feel how you feel about Sammy Callahan as a wrestler, as a wrestling mind, he has a lot to offer. And that's another thing that just kind of offers itself up when there's a free agent available is that the it's the opportunity to create. It's the opportunity to do something different. It's the opportunity to to follow uh, a different path than the one you may have already been on for a long time. And it's admirable in a way because not many of us take that opportunity. So uh, it's, it's interesting watching some of these people learn and grow in different uh, in different positions. So I guess now the question is, when will Jade be the champion and headline WrestleMania? She's going to headline 40 or 41. I don't think she's headlining 40. I feel like they kind of got plans in place for that. Becky and Rhea has been the hinted direction for a while now. It seems like they'll keep going with that. I think Charlotte and Bianca is a direction as well. I don't think they're going to completely drop those plans uh, as potential WrestleMania main events. 41, though, I could see it. 
would be interesting too. Who would, who would she face? Would she be the champion? Would she win the title? I, this is a year away. So many things can change. The variables are absolutely bonkers, but I don't know. Again, I, I like seeing the opportunity more than I like going back and just pissing all over the, the past. So uh, I look forward to seeing what Jade does. I look forward to seeing where she winds up. I'm still, it, listen, if Title Tuesday comes around and the thing happens, Jeremy, we're going to just dedicate an entire two-hour show to just the victory lap. I will compile the clips somehow. We will make a big I will remember you memory video and we'll just play it on loop for two hours. <laughs> Either way. Look, man, yeah, if, if title if Title Tuesday happens in this way, then you can either watch the show that the following Wednesday, the next day. But if you don't, I completely understand because it's just going to be one giant Barry Horowitz. That's all it's going to be on this show. If, if title Tuesday plays out in this way, and you know, if it doesn't play it out in this way, fine. I'll be like, okay, I was wrong on this. It's not like, you know, this is a bold prediction of this is what's going to happen. This is a, Hey, what if they did this? Wouldn't that be kind of funny type of thing? I'm not predicting anything that they are 100% doing this. Oh, here we go. Maybe we'll get some scoops. Oh, Sean Ross Sepp. What do we got there? Some nice eggs. Some eggs. I mean, as, as is tradition. Yeah. What? Hey, are you okay? Just left-handed across the room. Am I making it? There's still uh, yes. Stuff in there. You got to finish it. Kobe. Money. Got it. All day. All day. What's up, guys? How are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Bengals won. So you're in a good mood this week. That's good. I am. I am. It was a fun <laughs> game to be at. Went with Lord Crew. Saw uh, that. Wrestler from uh, Northern Kentucky area. That was good. That was that. very fun. There was a gentleman in front of me who really does not like Aaron Donald. He kept pleading with, I, I'm not sure who he thought was going to make this decision, but he wanted to fight Aaron Donald. That's that's a bad business decision right there. It is, it is. And he he's aware of that based on his stature. But he wanted his opportunity. He wanted his shot. Do you think he, I, I assume this man was a Bengals fan. So like, there's got to be some resentment for the Super Bowl and Aaron mm-hmm. Donald basically game ceiling sack there so well the real resentment is on the pass interference call that didn't exist that was was where the real resentment exists um you know funny enough i believe since that playoff run so 2021 playoff run all of 2022 season and 2023 so far there are legitimately only two games the cincinnati Bengals could not or should not have won at all like if the wind was blowing a half a mile an hour another direction if there wasn't a bad call and they're both against the Browns. The Browns just <laughs> dick stomped them twice. Like, that's it. <laughs> they had no chance to win those two games. Every other game that the Bengals have played uh, since that period, they have had a solid chance of winning and probably should have won. Yeah. They're, they're my Super Bowl pick this year. So sorry to uh, jinx the Bengals. Them. Yeah, the Bengals. Yeah. AG1. Check it out, guys. It's It's wonderful. Yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking the Bengals to to win the Super Bowl. Well, I wish I could. Uh, I've I've got the Dolphins and the Niners right now. Niners were my NFC pick, 
So I think it'll be Bengals Niners in the title. Thus far, I've seen no evidence that the Niners are going to lose. So yeah, they're they are very good. Um, if the and, Niners lose, will you eat a shirt on the air, air fry it? Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. Who I know. What kind, of, what kind of person would do that? Right? That's such a yeah. silly thing to do. <laughs> I want to address this, Sean. Did Raj pay up yet? Yes, he did. Now, how oh, good on him? Now listen. Do I think he should have added a zero or two to that $50 he paid me? Yeah, I do. Because, listen, I, I know a lot of people don't like Raj. I, I've had some, some issues with Raj in the past, but Raj did open a lot of doors for me. I'll say that. Raj opened a lot of doors for me. However, the reason the door was closed was directly tied to pay. <laughs> and I think that when somebody who used to work for you and put in 60, 70 hours a week and couldn't get – uh, a decent wage comes along, does very well for themselves, and you try to undermine one of their stories with untrue news. Think of my a little hat tip might might be in effect. Like, for example, if Denise and I couldn't agree to pay, and she breaks a big story on her own channel, and I went, no, 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 Denise, that's not what happened, and I was completely wrong. I'd probably pay your money. Probably <laughs> well, he paid you some. He just, you know, he, he's, it was a man of his word. He was least. a man of his word. Yeah. But not without some arm twisting. Yeah, that's true. He did it took try some to, like, public shaming to do it. It. Did. it really did, which unnecessary. Unnecessary that he made it be that. Just, mm. just I'm, I'm donating that $50 to Nami, by the way. So. Very nice. Glad Check out like, a great cause in... Um, Nami. N-A-M-I. There you go. There you go. Hmm. Sean, what do you think of my idea that the October 10th episode of NXT, this is the episode that's head-to-head with AEW, ends with Cody and Jade Cargill holding up titles? Specifically NXT titles. Yeah. Well, The North American and women's titles, respectively. I've I've got actually multiple NXT stories coming out over the next week, including some rating stuff, um, some not-so-happy stuff about the reaction to when Mustafa Ali got fired. Um, that's coming out today. But what, what the October 10th episode, is that what you said? Yeah, yeah because that's the uh, Dynamite is on the same time. So why that. are they going head-to-head? Dynamite's on a Tuesday. Dynamite's, yeah, Dynamite's oh, wow, airing Dynamite Tuesday. is on a Tuesday, you're right. Yeah, yeah. title Tuesday. Watch the product, Sean. I'd rather not um, (laughs) football on, but um, (laughs) I think they're. I think if I'm NXT, you got to throw everything at the wall that you can. Just put Becky on there. Like I'm sure they probably thought, yeah, we'll wrap Becky up at No Mercy. Nope, (laughs) she got to work that Tuesday too. I'll tell you what's annoying. They make that that woman go and work Friday too. Uh, she's like a dark yeah unreal unreal it was only that one though it was only that friday like why do it yeah it's sold out anyway why do you need her there john cena is there you're good (laughs) clearly not she's the new she's the new five knuckle shuffle the most phenomenal rib ever 
The Rock comes back. It's one of the, the best moments in years on WDB TV. John Cena is there, does a main event angle. Then he does a dark match, and they're like, hell yeah, man. What more can you send the crowd home one? And then they send the Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy out there for the last dark. <laughs> why did you Why did you bring them? I love them. They're wonderful. Uh, Ivar had an incredible match last week. Like, it blew my doors off. Why would you do that to them? <laughs> so stupid. You got to send them home happy, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got what we wanted to see. <laughs> I love those guys. Uh, I'm going to hop off of here. I'll see you guys later. Thanks, Hi, Sean. Have a good one. Uh, Tom Sox Rubbis, by the way, sent a, a super chat saying, Sean is a very nice man. Thank you for always being kind to me. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Go check out uh, Loving Wrestling on the channel. We got that every every single, what is that? Whenever whenever we get around to it, it goes up. Yes, yes. Loving Wrestling is every single time that uh, we're able to uh, post it. We have, yeah. a, we have a packed schedule. We have a very packed schedule here. Yeah. Whenever on, there's a gap, the that's when we yeah. post Loving Wrestling. So if you're ever wondering, when's the next Loving Wrestling coming? The answer is... The next time someone's out with a cold flu or just unable to do a show. <laughs> so if you can find who that is and when it's going to happen is your next episode of loving it's me right now. It's me. <laughs> no, you already did your shows for the week. I mean, this uh, one, included, but you know, yeah, I'll do, I'll do a show tomorrow. I'll do, I'll be here on Friday. I, try, I don't miss days. I try not to anyway, Joel show mm-hmm. up rain, shine, mm-hmm. sick health. Doesn't matter. I'm here for the people. You know what I wanted to ask Sean, and I probably should have? Once asked Sean about uh, the other side of our thumbnail this week, or this, t- this day. This Tony Khan buying New Japan rumor. So I, I, I went and I dug for where this came from, and it came from a, a, a random Twitter account that I've seen once or twice in my life. And they were like, I got it from two wrestlers and a backstage person who works there at AEW saying that Tony Khan, the big era change is going to be Tony's buying New Japan Pro Wrestling. And then Sean flat out asked, hey, what, what, what's going on here? Where did this come from? Yeah. And Tony's like, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to debunk it, even after Bill Pritchard. Uh, like- he, let, let's be honest. Uh, let's be fair to Tony. He debunked the... I wanted to set it up so you could do this, but okay, go ahead. Fine. He debunked the buying new japan part he said that's not happening that part not true tony's not buying new japan the new era stuff amazing when bill pritch is like can we get more clarity on that he's like i have no intention of giving more clarity on that comment damn ai bought tony Khan. (laughs) that ruled when he when he did that i i laughed so hard yeah New era. What do you think this means, Joel? I think that they have purchased New Era and all AEW clothing and apparel will be uh, ran and distributed by the New Era company. Hot Topic's going to be so pissed. <laughs> will I have not seen AEW stuff at Hot Topic. I haven't been in Hot Topic in a very long time. Uh, in, in years, I also haven't been in a Hot Topic in a very, very long time. So I, I don't know. The... One idea that's been kind of bandied about is similar to the New Japan stuff, not a full sale of New Japan, but instead a stronger partnership with Strong with the U.S. brand. Yes. And trying to incorporate more 
strong with whether that's Ring of Honor or whether that's AEW as a whole, starting to incorporate more of the LA Dojo as potentially an official AEW training facility. Not like they have a nightmare factory or anything like that, but who knows? Maybe, you know, QT signed on for an extension, but um, maybe it's just another option for them to have wrestlers go and train there, have another place where they can work. Uh, that Who knows? It could easily be that, and it opens the doors a little bit more for New Japan talent and AEW slash Ring of Honor talent to work together. And it maybe it's not a purchase, but at least some sort of stronger partnership. What do you think? I I think you're on the right track with that. Um, I, I think you're you're on the right track when it comes to just a stronger partnership between New Japan and R and ROH. And I, I mentioned ROH specifically because when ROH was kind of relaunched and on television on Honor Club, um Tony mentioned that we were going to see New Japan integration on like Honor Club spe- specifically. And we, nobody really kind of knew what that meant at the time. People just kind of thought like, oh, maybe some New Japan shows will stream on Honor Club or something. And nothing's really come of that. It's just been ROH shows on Honor Club. So I think we will kind of see uh, ROH and New Japan now on Honor Club. And I think New Japan Strong is the way to go about that because Eddie Kingston is your New Japan Strong, New Japan Strong open weight champion. He's also your ROH champion. Um, and he, Tony has kind of also mentioned that the Shibata and Kingston match is kind of the highlight of this new era kind of thing. He's like, he's kind of said that, you know, I want to talk about this match specifically when it comes to the, the sort of new era kicking off. He's like, this is a meaningful match. So I think it's more to do with ROH and new japan i understand uh, i've seen in the chat of like yeah the the new era if it's our that if it's new japan roh it doesn't scream a new era for AEW. i get that i do understand it doesn't really scream new era for AEW. it just seems like okay more kind of new japan roh stuff but AEW as a whole still represents or is part of the the representation with that so in a way it is a new era for AEW. i don't know what new era you can get with AEW for for this unless you are bringing in a Mercedes or an Edge and then it is okay it, there's new face type of thing new era um i also think that tony made this comment knowing there was going to create some sort of buzz and that's why he has no intention of clarifying it because he's like i like the speculation i like the buzz you know does that mean he's going to you can have your own expectation when it comes to this. What do, what do we always say, Joel? What do we always say? Like, Expect, but don't like it when he announces it. <laughs> Is that I it? That's quite the saying. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's quite speculate, oh. but don't expect is the, is the saying we can speculate. Like nah, fair. We can speculate all we want but it is that we stole that from jeff Feller driver we don't know your royalties we're gonna trademark it um because you you put it more succinct than than we did uh when when i was saying it yeah speculate don't expect uh i don't have my expectations too high i've seen people do the uh expectations of max deal is coming i thought tony's comments about warner brothers uh discovery were very interesting where he said like 
I'd be open to partnering with them. You know, I don't want to give up any type of control, any type of majority control, any type of creative control or anything like that. But I would be opening to a financial sort of partnership with that. The max deal is something Andrew Zarian is is heavily reported on that it seems like it's going to be happening in, in 2024. There's no confirmation on that. Tony also, he was asked kind of about that. He's made it no secret that he wants AEW on max. He loves working with Warner Brothers. He wants to keep working with Warner Brothers. He kind of clarified that like, hey, I never said we're going to do one pay-per-view a month. I never said we're doing 12 pay-per-views. We've just kind of been adding, and it seems like we're going in the direction of 12 pay-per-views. So I have seen people say that AEW and Max, this might be the new era of the deal. Based on the fact that this is like Wrestle Dream, and there's a lot of New Japan integration, there's a lot of Antonio Noki comments, I've um, my expectations are just lower than a max deal. My expectations are new Japan, strong ROH sort of integration. That is what personally I'm setting my expectations at. I love this idea that it is new Japan integration for wrestle dream. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the card and like ZSJ is the only full-time new Japan star. Will Ospreay is, is the other one. And that's it. <laughs> Shibata being the LA Dojo Master is another. I mean, but like out of the entire card, this is a very much an AEW card. Yes, There's, but they're yeah. New Japan's running a show on this day. This is where, yeah, I don't know how well planned this was. I don't know when it came together. I think it, it came about of oh October first. You want more pay per views? Okay, October first makes sense. It's the un- unfortunate one year passing of. Uh, Antonio Noki. So yeah, we'll do it October 1st. And who can we get? Well, Zack Sabre Jr. is available. Will Ospreay is available. We have those two to, to get. And Kota Bushi's not New Japan, but he's certainly thought of as New Japan for a lot of people. Um, Eddie Kingston's the New Japan Strong Champion. Sort of same thing with Shibata. Would I like them to bring over maybe some of the the younger talent that that New Japan is not booking? Whether it is from the LA Dojo guys, yeah, I think it, even if they're on a zero hour type thing, and they'll announce three hundred zero hour matches tonight and on Rampage. Um, like I, I would like that to to be there as well. But yeah, I don't think this doesn't seem like it was a well thought out thing or a long-term thought out thing so i'm looking at the climate pledge arena uh, upcoming events yeah no they are packed <laughs> like there's preseason hockey with the kraken queens of the stone age are coming sting is coming the other sting the, the musicians thing postal service has two nights peter gabriel's coming uh there's a showcase for uh for the nba well it's uh, it's not even it's not even I, climate pledge because they're running that just ha- is circumstantial because that's where they're running on Saturday, right? Isn't Collision at Climate Pledge as well? Yeah, yeah, it is. But I'm saying, like, if they if their plan was to always do Seattle or to do Pacific Northwest, like, this is the only venue that makes the most sense for this particular show. Because I don't even think they planned it with the idea of, like, this is going to be a huge pay-per-view event because it's a new pay-per-view. It's not a tent pole. It's not all out. It's not full gear. Full gear is the next, like big show that they're getting ready for and as a result like climate pledge and seattle as a a wrestling you know territory isn't super duper hot 
but for them to go back there, I'm just I'm looking at the rest of the looking at the rest of the the, the list. Like Guns N' Roses shows up on the 14th of October. There's a lot. I, of, I think you got to us have a concert on the 18th. Sorry. God. I think you got to look at it more of not necessarily the Seattle market. You got to look at just AEW's schedule and. If they wanted the show in October because you full gear in November, did you want to hold off until December? Well, if Warner Brothers, if Max, if whoever uh, wanted more programming, wanted a new pay-per-view, Bleacher Report, in, in this case, wanted the pay-per-view in October, well, that's going to limit you of how often you're going to run. Um, so, okay, you're going to run October 6th. That's in Salt Lake City. or uh, Sorry, um, October 8th. That's, that's in Salt Lake City type of thing. When are these venues available? Not only are when are these venues available, when are Tony's schedule available? Because the Jags run are, are playing every Sunday. He's missing the Jags game in London this week to be part of AEW. Like, there's just a lot that I feels like it came together very quickly, and they are doing the best with what they can. And some of it is missed on television. Look, the card, I'm not going to knock the card at all. It's a very good card. I know it's going to be a great show because all of these guys are great wrestlers. Um, yeah, the, the New Japan integration isn't super strong, but it's it's not Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door is the big New Japan show. That's, you know, that's their... And the fact that they just ran Forbidden Door a couple of months ago does take maybe a little shine off of the show as well. But I think that's why it's more of an AEW show than a New Japan show. We have a couple super chats. Let's get them. Tom talks rubbish. Says, Am I this? I'm the substitute teacher of Overbook. No, that's SP3. Yeah, SP3. Yeah. You are the, um, I don't know, what do we call him? The substitute, what? The, the, the TA? Teacher's assistant? I yeah, don't know. I don't know if that fits. What do we, what do we, what do we call Tom? I the, don't know, Joel. I, I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help here. Well, Chisholm says the super chat says, I got to say the optics. Uh, it doesn't look good when Jade is leaving and the Serena deep stuff's coming up. Uh, a very different set of circumstances and stories here, by the way, the Serena deep story, I select's going to have a little bit more on that today as to what they heard. There's a couple different sides of the story. So uh, keep an eye out to, uh, to five select with, with an update on that. But yeah, those are, those are categorically different situations at hand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I get optics of everything, but two completely different, uh, scenarios and, and situations there. So if Tony has a big deal, I don't think the max deal is the, the big announcement, the new era, because it just doesn't, it's not, it's not important enough in terms of promotional, you know, convers- like the, the type of thing that Tony would do, right? Remember the last few times it's been like, Tony Khan has a huge announcement. And every time people be like, it's the max deal. It's the streaming deal. And it never felt like it was right to announce that. That's, that's not a, that's not a television thing to announce. That's a press conference, not press conference, well, not just press conference, but also like a press release that goes out through media. That's a bigger deal for that. So yeah, go ahead. You were going to say. Oh, that, that was going to be my point is, yeah, if they do a max deal or anything like that, that's a press release on a, uh, you know, Monday morning or something, Tuesday morning. That's when you're doing something like collision. You know, OK, they teased collision like, hey, we're going to have. But what was the tease for collision? We'll have more on Dynamite about collision because the announcement was actually through press releases and press the morning 
that that Wednesday morning. So yeah, a Max deal streaming on Max, that's going through press releases and stuff. This is a seemingly a wrestling announcement. And my wrestling announcement would be New Japan Strong ROH. No, Redmond's fire. He didn't. He didn't say there will be like any type of actual announcement. There's no Tony Khan has an announcement. It was just it'll be a new era and he will not clarify. <laughs> that's that's all we know. So this all, yeah, this all came out because on Collision, they had a Wrestle Dream promo that Tony read the voiceover for. And I remember watching it on Saturday being like, is that Tony doing the VO? Because that's <laughs> that's rare. But also, I didn't hate it because Tony's like Tony's voice in AEW is very, um, it's out there, right? It, it, it stands out. And it's also rare that he would do a voiceover. So it became a big deal just because, yeah, he he did the VO for it. And he made reference to a new era. And I think the idea just being that there's going to be something that sets this show apart moving forward from what AEW has been for the last, you know, few years. Because they're approaching an anniversary, too. They're approaching their fourth anniversary. This is, you know, this is this is their opportunity to be like at Dynamite, you know, season premiere, whatever they're going to call it. Because didn't Dynamite premiere like at the beginning of October? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, October second. So, at, so I assume that that's going to be part of this announcement. Is you know we're gonna do a, we're gonna do the big anniversary show, but also this and also that. Um, I assume that will be there will be something of an announcement. I know you're saying not necessarily, but it feels to me the way that Tony was speaking at the conference uh, at the, the press conference, the media call, as it were, that something's going to be announced and i don't think it's going to be blockbuster huge but i think it'll be something that'll make wrestling fans excited for the product no i i do agree that something is going to be announced i was addressing redmond survivor he had not said there is an actual announcement it it, like you said it all started from kind of the new era uh comments and then people took that how they took it Uh, you know the internet runs wild and then tony didn't you know pour water on it tony and said fanned it a little bit and it was like yeah i'm not gonna clarify like run wild with speculation and stuff and he seemed very sure you know he even made the comment hey, i'll get i'll get the exact comment i transcribed uh all the the entire tony Khan media call yesterday at least a good chunk of it um so so his actual comments on it he debunked the speculation and he just said where are we at here Without completely spilling the beans of everything we're working on, I really do think it is going to be the start of a new era and what we're doing in AEW, and I'm very excited about that. You know, he has also said there are dots you can connect in wrestling, and there are things I'm very excited. He's excited about a lot of stuff. Uh, excited about what we've been doing. I've made bold proclamate. Here's here's the quote I wanted to really kind of pull. I've made bold proclamations before, and I felt I've always been proven right by them. So that's kind of the the big thing. Uh, we've we've come a really long way. We've taken big swings at doing new things this year, in particular 2023. I think he's kind of talking about Wembley there. Has been our most adventurous year, and I want to keep doing adventurous things and make fans talk about AEW and hopefully making new fans of AEW. So those were his comments yesterday during the media call. Tony seems very sure of this, whatever it is, is going to be good for the fans and is going to be good for AW, which he should be. He's not going to be like, yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, that'd be hilarious if he was like, <laughs> we need like a Tony Khan scale of like, all right, Tony, where are we at on the scale of one to 10 here? Where, what are we thinking this one is? If, if Wembley Stadium 
which I don't think anybody, you know, suspected was going to happen. And people, oh, they're going to London. I don't think they're going to run Wembley. They're going to get 80,000 fans in there. If Wembley's a 10 on the Tony Khan announcement scale, and a 1 is... Christian Cage. Hell no. Christian Cage is a 10 as well. Maybe. <laughs> he is now. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, come on. And a 1 is... No, no offense to this person. A 1 is Mark Henry. <laughs> Right, like Mark Henry, nice little git, but like, what has he done? He hasn't wrestled. He he does the line in the it's time for the main event. Otherwise, he's just kind of there. You know what? Actually, a one is local sales in Florida. Remember they did that? It's like, oh, this was Jeff on Twitter. Jeff is like, we got a big announcement, and then it's just tickets on sale for Florida Dynamite. It's like, hey, Jeff, maybe let's not do this because this only affects the the fans in Florida. This doesn't really help all these other AEW fans. Maybe, maybe a one is local ticket sales. Where are we at on the Tony Khan announcement? He does. He does have different words. It's for got, it. I've noticed that you got to get one of those, like the, it's like the fire safety out on the floor. Yeah. One of those boards. <laughs> yeah. Is it important? Is it very important? Is it extremely important? Is it, detrimental <laughs> like what are we doing here i like i like this comment maybe he's announcing an aw show in japan hey eddie kingston listen to uh interview with, with him he, he's said that like keep telling tony you gotta run japan you gotta run japan run budokan like what, what are we doing here you run sumo hall one night run budokan the next night let's let's go here uh so maybe i i'm not i'm not mad at that i think though based on media the media call yesterday one it is kind of some new japan strong integration I wouldn't be shocked if we get a little Daly's place integration with this as well. Tony spoke very highly about, and you can tell when Tony, I've learned to, I feel read. uh, I've learned to, to read a little bit. Tony's just tone and things. He spoke very highly of like Daly's place and how many stars were created out of sort of the pandemic era. How many stars like found their footing during the pandemic and have now gone on to now they are even bigger stars in the company. Oh, it was curious just how much he really spoke about that. So I, I think there might be some dailies play, maybe new Japan strong at Daly's place. We're Aaron, uh, we're Aaron on honor club. That's my, that's my expectation level, whatever level you want to put that up. AW at Cork and hall. We're working the gym, baby. GCW made it? Why can't AEW? Well, I, I don't think people really understand that Cork and Hall is not like this massive venue with like thousands and thousands of seats. It, it, it's a gym. <laughs> yeah, not- but it's the history. is much like ECW Arena, man. The yes. lore. Again, I'm not taking away from the, the history of, of the venue, but it's one of those like Ring of Honor runs Cork and Hall. AEW runs you could run Budokan. You could run. They're not going to run Tokyo Dome, or maybe they will. Who knows? Maybe they'll be. Maybe they'll be at uh, at. Uh, oh my God! Why did I just blank on the show? <laughs> Come on, Tokyo Dome, January fourth. Wrestle oh, Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe okay. it's maybe it's Wrestle Kingdom integration. Who knows? Uh, there was one thing, by the way, I wanted to bring up about the idea of purchasing New Japan. I'm not completely well versed in mergers and acquisitions when it comes to international properties such as japan but i think i remember reading that your japanese ownership of a japanese company has to be 
from Japan, or at least based in Japan. Bushi, Bushi Road owns the company. They do. By the way. Is, they do. Is like Bushi Road selling it? Because it's not just, hey, New Japan, Gato ain't making this decision. No, to, no, To no. sell the company. This has got to be like a Bushi Road type of thing. Yeah, I think... I don't. I didn't even know those things started. I like it. Kind of came across, and I was just like, "This seems stupid." I've not seen this from anybody reputable, but this is what happens on the internet, right? One person kind of starts it. Hey, a person told me that this, this, and this, and then people just run wild. Even if people are like, "This is dumb. This isn't happening," you get enough people to be like, "Oh, this is big," and then people just run wild with it. This is how things work on the internet. It could easily be a piece of the pie too. I mean, Tony had a bunch of conversations during that press conference about like the the voting percentages and how he has total votes in AEW. And, I, and by the way, when he said that, I don't know if you like if your ears perked up, but did you? Yeah, did you think immediately? It's like, wait, what are the Bucks and Kenny here for? Do they get a say in some of this stuff? Is are they still important to this? Like, what is does, what is a hundred percent, Tony? In this case, what are we doing? What are we talking about? I mean, nobody asked to to clarify. That. Well, he wasn't uh, in a clarifying mood, Jeremy. That's yeah, that's true. I have no intention of clarifying uh, what Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks do as executive vice presidents. Yeah, I was just curious about like I have majority ownership, or, like I have one hundred percent voting power. I have one hundred percent. I was like, was this ever disputed? Like, it's not. It's not like it's a publicly traded company with stocks and shares and everything i don't think anybody ever disputed that tony has 100 percent voting power of all decisions and, and everything that's why i did find just the overall warner brothers stuff very curious of like oh so he seems willing to sell a part of the company obviously if he still has majority he's he's fine with it but he's he's at least willing to sell part of it to seemingly warner brothers or maybe whoever comes along makes a, a $2 billion offer since that's what they're at. Good old Fox. Although he kind of did, I guess, uh, debunk Brandon Thurston's original theory that Warner brothers had a stake in AEW when it started, or maybe Tony bought it back. I don't know that that that's the joys of private companies is that you're not privy to that information. Yeah. And I think that's why AEW will, for the most part, remain private for a very long time. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it. Just the idea of them going public is is not great. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Tony, if you're listening, and I know you are, don't go public. <laughs> I don't think he has any I don't think he has any desire to do that. Like mm-hmm. I, I really don't. And I'm not saying like this is when WWE went downhill because like they had no competition when they went public. So that was a big reason why they went downhill. Um, but I, I think he likes running his wrestling company and not having to answer to stockholders and the market and things like that. Why can't he just answer to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega like all of us? They're the six-man. Well, I guess Omega's not. Uh, yeah, no. Omega's got his own six-man group now trios does. Group. yeah that's gonna be fun we're gonna we're gonna preview wrestle dream on friday with whom i don't know are we gonna us. have anyone on the show on friday i guess we'll probably us. figure that out too anyway. yeah yeah we'll figure it out 
just so that I don't have to cross anything off of the list uh, when I edit this, uh, Raw was good on Monday. I enjoyed it. Do you have anything you want to add about Raw? Because the main event was a huge cluster muck of a uh, Attitude Era finish, and I didn't hate that. No, I liked I liked the main event. I liked the uh, big brawl to to close the show. Everything I I did really enjoy that segment. I'm trying to think of what else happened on Raw. I'm sure there was fine stuff. My Diamond Dragon Lee, baby, awful. Yeah, yeah. My memory is awful, but no, Raw was a fairly enjoyable show. There wasn't nothing bad on it. It was one of those nights where, like, I think I was tired. And I was like, oh, my God, we're only in hour, like we're only starting hour three. But also the show was just it was solid. There was some good stuff on Raw. I enjoyed it. There was uh, just a, there was good through threads throughout the night. And I never want to see J.D. McDonough on my screen again. Very fair. That's right. Anyway, so that was Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. We did it. Um, what do we want to we should probably do uh, a W Dynamite. Do you want to do you want to do the Tony Khan thing? We have a tremendous show tonight, AEW Dynamite. It's the last stop, the last Dynamite stop before AEW Wrestle Dream. AEW Wrestle Dream, a new pay-per-view that we are introducing to the world, uh, kicking off a new era for AEW this Sunday at AEW Wrestle Dream, October 1st on Bleacher Report. But before we get to AEW Wrestle Dream, it'll be AEW Dynamite tonight, September 27th, from the first bank center, in Broomfield, Colorado, just outside Denver, Colorado, home of the 2022 Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, airing live on TBS at 8 p.m. Eastern. We have a great show for everybody. Darby Allen and Christian Cage, who will face each other this Sunday at WrestleDream. They're going to sit down with Jim Ross, the new AEW TNT champion, Christian Cage, and Darby Allen will speak ahead of their big clash at AEW WrestleDream. Penta El Zeromedo, Matt Jackson, Orange Cassidy, and Austin Gunn, four of the biggest stars in AEW. They're going to meet in a four-way match to preview the four-way match that they have, the four-way tag team match at WrestleDream when the Lucha Brothers, the Young Bucks, Orange Cassidy and Hook, and the Guns face in a fatal four-way match this Sunday at AEW WrestleDream, and the winner gets an AEW tag team title match anytime they want. Four of the best tag teams in AEW history. Four of the biggest star tag teams in AEW right now. The Lucha Brothers, the Young Bucks, Orange Hook, and the Guns. The preview match between Penta El Zaramedo, Matt Jackson, Orange Cassidy, and Austin Gunn tonight on AEW Dynamite. Before she challenges for the AEW TBS Championship this Sunday at AEW WrestleDream, Julia Hart is going to face the Own Hart Women's Memorial Cup Tournament winner, Willow Nightingale in singles competition. MJF and Adam Cole will appear on the show tonight. We're going to address Adam Cole's injury status tonight. Everybody saw he was limping a little bit at the end of AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. We're going to address that. Adam Cole and MJF are scheduled to face the Righteous this Sunday at AEW WrestleDream in an ROH tag team title match. What will MJF and Adam Cole have to say when they appear tonight live on AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern, TBS. And finally, it's a big showdown this weekend at AEW WrestleDream when Swerve Strickland takes on Hangman Adam Page. And tonight on AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern, TBS, they're going to sign the contract for their match at WrestleDream. AEW WrestleDream, this Sunday, October 1st, 
live on Bleacher Report. But before we get there, a tremendous lineup. One of the best shows we've ever had on Dynamite. One of the best shows we've ever had ahead of one of the best cards we've ever had in AEW history. Tonight, AEW Dynamite, 8 p.m. Eastern, TBS. Tune in and tune in this Sunday, everybody, to AEW Wrestle Dream, October 1st. It's going to be a tremendous show as AEW kicks off a new era for wrestling fans. I thought you were stuck in a feedback loop. That was my cleanest fucking read. And I don't read this shit, anybody. This is all just, I'm just going. I don't have this scripted out in front of me. I'm just going. That was my cleanest right there. Oh, I just, I just got I a text. That. I just got a text from the anonymous ITW channel <laughs> manager saying, I'm going to lose it if he says AEW Wrestle Dream again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I killed that. Oh, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, get your super chats in and leave a thumbs up <laughs> for that whole whatever that was. Oh, shit. Uh, AI Tony Khan is one of my best bits. It's it it's honestly amazing. Amazing. Um, I remember when um I've been doing this Tony Khan bit for a very long time and over time it's just transformed to AI Tony Khan. Uh when Tony did that that promo from Jacksonville where he had the, like the sunglasses on next to Shivani and she, and he did like that that was the con man promo. There's only one con man in the business of wrestling. I transcribed that and I sent that to Sean and he's like, Oh, this is really good. He thought like that was me doing that read. I was like, no, this was actually what Tony said. Like this is what Tony said. He's like, Oh shit. Like, but he thought I was just doing the Tony Khan impression. I've been doing this impression way too long, way too long. Oh man. Did you mention the contract signing? Uh, The elite and Mukul embassy will be barred banned from ringside. I didn't. That was and that was my fault. Did you miss the Christian Cage and Darby Allen sit down? No, with Jim no, oh, I had that. that. Okay. I had that. I think you got that. What's Jim Ross going to tell Christian? Is Jim Ross going to ask Christian about his, about fatherhood? Well, Christian's like Jim, you're a father. <laughs> I don't know where he goes. You know, you know what? Christian's going to be like Jim. I hear you had a father, <laughs> and your father, when you acted up, used to give you a bag of puppies and a hammer. <laughs> what have you not heard this story no it's in jr's book i can't read it was fair that is the role that you play here uh the story by the way trigger warning uh animal uh abuse don't if you're if you're done now you're done uh jr was supposed to watch over some puppies uh in his in his at his home his childhood home and the story was that he like looked away. One of the puppies or one of the dogs got pregnant and they couldn't keep the dogs. So his dad punished him by giving him the puppies in a bag with a hammer. It's some sociopathic shit. Absolutely not. It's in the book. I am not speaking out of school. It's in the damn book and it's disgusting. So uh, if Christian Cage talks about that, I will be who. No. Anyway. Don't need that at all. Absolutely not. I don't know why we're doing the four man tag match. I get it. There's going to be a four man tag. Like it's a it's a preview. I just think I, that's always been a bit lazy to me. Having the tag teams do a four way match. Are they going to have the other ones do a, a match on Collision or on Rampage? Hopefully, that's Hopefully. probably it. Yeah, it's going to be. You got to build momentum, Joel. Hook 
Colton, Nick, and Ray Phoenix, but it's going to be a four-way match for the international championship instead. Well, that kind of—I'm maybe it doesn't give away the winner. Um, it feels like Phoenix would would win that. Colton Gunn, new AEW winner. I'm for it. The guns rule. I'm for it. <laughs> yeah, the, it was messed up, by the way, Jeff Valley Driver. The story is very messed up. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just it, those those four way tags or those four way matches going into four way tags, and it's always a thing. And then uh, Willow and Julia that, that that was supposed to happen on Collision, and then they changed it to Kiara Hogan. So whatever happened there, uh, I guess they didn't want to beat Willow ahead of Julia making the challenge to Chris. To Why Julia is probably going to beat Willow tonight. I know, but that that's what kind of makes it weird is that maybe they do a non-finish or maybe Chris Stylander makes a save or something. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you were reading too much into it and Willow legitimately wasn't cleared for something. And yeah, it's possible. And she just couldn't get clearance on that day. Who knows what it was. And now she's, she's okay. Cause wasn't that, that's all it was, right? Like Tony said, she just wasn't, cleared we don't know why could could just be she was she made the save and everything but maybe she just wasn't cleared enough to to wrestle and now she's fine yeah we'll see either way uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting episode of dynamite going into wrestle dreams so i'm looking forward to that uh we can get out of here a little early for a change right i think we've given ourselves that uh that opportunity wasn't travel issues she was on collision yeah she was on the show yeah she was on the show she got spray painted or whatever uh, the gimmick she uses um oh that's the outcast they do the spray paint oh okay well she got hit with something with the the spray from julia hart i think it was mist julia doesn't mist though she doesn't like blow the mist maybe she does now no hold on (laughs) now we gotta go back and find out in the name of accuracy the show will now run its full time for two hours Okay, with Willow, it says Willow was injured, which, you know, could really sure. mean anything. Yeah. Okay, so blah, blah, blah. Where's Willow coming down? Oh, okay, let me find this. Where is the, the Willow bit here? Oh, did I miss it? She came down. She got sky blue. Oh, sky blue made the save. Did Willow not show up at all on Willow Collision? Didn't show up. <laughs> oh, got- Nigel, Nigel informed us that Julia Hart attacked Willow Nightingale earlier this afternoon and Willow could not compete tonight. So instead, Kiara Hogan came out to defend her friend Willow. Oh, Sky Blue came down. I thought it was Willow that came out. And Clearly, she does mist. She does do the mist. I forgot all of this. Oh, she did spit in her face. All right. Well, everybody, my memory sucks. No one listened to me. I mean, I'll listen to you because if nothing else, you give a very entertaining Tony Khan AI bot. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Willow saved Sky on ramp. Oh, okay. That's, That's where my confusion rampage. was. It all ran together for me. Stop doing so many shows. I think that's the real lesson here. Yeah. L- less wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Fewer, fewer wrestling hours and more ITW hours as long as we get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Less wrestling, everybody. That's what we're going for. You know how how, how uh, Ian Riccoboni's like watch your wrestling or love 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 your wrestling, whatever. Ours is just going to be stop watching the wrestling. That's our new sign. <laughs> don't watch any wrestling. Oh, don't watch the wrestling. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, plug the stuff. Let's get on out of here. Don't follow me on Twitter because <laughs> I don't want you to follow me on Twitter. Um, 
If you do want to follow me on Twitter, get ready for a lot of tweets, X's, posts about the 2022 Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche and the 2024 NBA champion Oklahoma City Thunder because it is officially more or less close to it. Hockey and basketball season, and I care a lot more about them than wrestling. The Ducks started last night. That was preseason, though. Yeah, everything's preseason. Yeah, I everything's know. preseason okay. until you win. Yeah, who cares? And then the Sens are back. They have a new owner. Huh? Huh? I'm Atrial Pearl J-O-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll be back on Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Go check out Fightful Overbook, drop a thumbs up, and do the things, okay? We love you. We'll see you next time. Bye.